Now is the winter of our discontent. Critics are likely to make enemies, Inspector. Inspector, are you saying that some lunatic in the theater might be trying to kill us all? The play fails. Career's ruined. Plenty of motivation there, she think. We therefore commit his body to the ground. At last, a headline. His head cut off. He's after you all. You deliberately humiliated me before the press, my public and my peers. Shylock may claim a pound of flesh. Surely the entire might of the London police force can prevent us from being killed. We shall see. I will grind your bones to dust. Uh, what's the next murder, Inspector? Intended murder, you mean, Sergeant? Stop, I haven't finished yet. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Waffle Unplugged Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mark C. Kelly. And uh, we look for it today, Cal. Because it's a Monday, oh, as no. opposed to... Sometimes. No, usually we're all right. On a f- when we do it, usually it's on a Friday. It has been on Fridays. And we've got the weekend to come on a Monday. But I've got a bit more, little bit more energy. <laughs> a little bit more energy. <laughs> Only a small amount. I, yeah. I actually feel quite tired. I was going to say. I've worked over an hour and you've worked under an hour. Yeah, so yeah. That's it. Uh, welcome to the podcast. This is part eight of 12. Celebrating the wonderful year of 1973. You've sent a very toast. I did, yeah. It's because I've been been doing a lot of toast. And it's because I've also been listening to the uh, Secret History of Hollywood podcast. And I'm I'm still in part one of the story of Carrie Glad. And it's nine hours long, part one. (laughs) But it's so good. Yeah. Actually, this is the podcast in the bath the other day. Oh, which I don't normally do because I like the idea of having a bath, right? Yeah, but you get so I know, I just like it. I think I get it all ready. Actually, yeah. I get someone else to run my bath. Yeah. Not that I have a servant. You, you yeah, say, I just say, somebody rung my bath. And you get in it all vadoxy, it's all yeah, smelly, yeah. nice. I get in there and I've got a little I've got a comic next to me. Yeah, yeah. A bit of, you know, the podcast going yeah. on. Five minutes and then I'm bored. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm getting too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I lying in my own filth? Yeah. Can't wash your hair properly. No, you can't wash your hair I don't know how properly. you get on without having a shower. I just I'm just used to it. No, I don't really think uh, about it. I, 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 I do, I'm in there for like 40 minutes. Oh, I should point out, Cal does have a bathroom, but you don't have a shower. So yeah, you have to have a bathroom. Yeah. Oh, 40 minutes, I'm not generally in there. 
Yeah, the thing is, I remember my dad being in there for about three hours. Yeah. I, I used to think, man, he loves his bath. And I think actually what it was, was he was getting away from me. It's a bit <laughs> of quiet work. Well, yeah, yeah, it was his time. Uh, it's like being on the toilet in it. It's <laughs> getting down a really straight, really low brow thing, yeah. but... It's yeah. like a man's escape, isn't it? It's like I always loved it when I used to go to London and stop at Ed's flat and he had a magazine rack in yeah. his toilet. <laughs> and I was thinking, this is the business. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. a magazine rack in the toilet. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, needless to say, that that was pretty vetoed in my house. Yeah. Not having a mag- magazine. Yeah, you got a bug book? No, no, because I've got I've only got one toilet. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's a bit you know, old house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, you have a fat book, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah fat book. book is the best book encyclopedia. Ever. I always thought you read the fucking bleach and that. Just for something to read, I'll read the bleach. Well, I, I, I have been playing stick cricket <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the iPhone, and but I also think no. One of the things I always imagine that if I got rich and I had a couple of toilets. I would have a toilet that had encyclopedias in. Listeners, don't switch off. <laughs> yeah, it is going to get better. <laughs> right? We're, not, we're doing it in the low end. We're working yeah, that well. We don't think we're peaking at the beginning of this podcast going, right? No, this is it. This is it. Grab them new listeners in, don't they? Now, the one thing I should point out, uh, and let me just go on to um, old face ache a minute, just so I get the right date. I think we should bring up, because uh, we are talking about uh, waffle face ache. Is it the 23rd? Oh, no, it's just it's, 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 well done. Okay. Well done. Fucking hell. Right, that's so, not you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the Waffle Fest, as we call it, basically, it's just a meet-up with everyone, yeah. uh, is on Saturday, September the 23rd at Cherry Reds in Birmingham, which is right by New Street Station. Yeah, it's literally a five-minute walk. No, oh, well, God, yeah, I hope there ain't no train sides. We're going to be there from one till seven. Yeah. Uh, obviously, come along if you, we'd love you to come along. Uh, you don't have to stay for the whole thing. You can pop in or come whenever yeah. you want, really. We'll be there for, for the long It's not just a massive booze up, so. No, no, no. Uh, well, it's the reason why we chose Cherry Reds. We had it last year and it was a great success. We had loads of people turn up. And also, a load of people, we had people who uh, don't drink. Uh, they do, it's a wonderful coffee shop. They do teas, coffees, non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, fruit juices, obviously beers, wines, cocktails, yeah, yeah. and they do a great selection of cakes. Yeah. And we had a nice breakfast, didn't we, 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 before, we before we kicked off? Well, it's all vegan. You're not like a massive boozer anymore, are you? So. No, no, don't drink much now, although so, I do yeah. enjoy a lovely glass of wine. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we'd love to see you. Come along. You don't have to let us know, although it would be nice if we could have a, a few ideas just for the fact that we, we don't feel uh, worried too much. That yeah, no one's yeah, because we, we're not very good at, like, expecting goodness. <laughs> we no. expect crap. So yeah. like, we think no one's going to turn up. And I, we, we know there will be people there. Because oh, we of, do know because we've, we've had quite a few people say they're going to be you there. Know, in so. our ends, we're still quite anxious yeah. about it. We, we, we're also quite aware that somebody has already ordered a tumbleweed to go yeah, through. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> so we, like, we had bad... Like we've talked about this before. We had... Now, this is only a minute, but we had Pat Roach uh, visions. In I don't remember that, Pat Roach. Are you sure you're not confusing it with the guy uh, thingy from... Um, no. I'm sure it was Blake Seven. He weren't Pat Roach. He was. No, man, he was Gary Pat, Pat Roach because no one there. He weren't Pat. He kind of. It, it Pat was Pat Roach. Why did we go and see Pat Roach? Because I, I don't know what we were doing. We were saying randomly where this when we were young. You get all our waves. Go town up town on a Friday and spend them all. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> so we walk in, walking around town just. Yeah, and there's a book sign. Looking for a baguette. And then we went into Wales Wales and he was just there and that blow look was constantly talking to him because that must be awful for them. Oh, yeah. It must kill you because we've saw it at the... It must kill you. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I've always worried about is that if, if my book ever got published, the worst thing they could say to me is, right, you've got to go on a book tour. 
Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it'd be like, I, don't, I wouldn't mind doing interviews and stuff. That'd be fine. Happy days. But I'd dread it. If they said, oh, you, you got to do a book signing. I'd dread it. Well, because it's in, like, the, that, in the Godfather, that TV series. That, oh, yeah. Like, Mario Puzo. Mario Puzo. His first book, no one said. But that's Mario Puzo. You think bloody hell. Yeah. Because that's, I think... See, that, that hasn't built my confidence up at all. I think as long as you... I think you're all right as long as you get through your first couple of books. That's what they say, don't you? Yeah. But it's getting now because there's so many writers in there. It's also really hard to get published these days because ah. everything's... I, I don't believe in e-books. I know you like them, but I don't. No, I only buy them if it's a book where I think I ain't bothered about having it physically. If it's just a mm. throwaway book. I read loads of World War II well, I give away books anyway. Yeah. Really. I t- what I tend to do now is, apart from coffee table books, which I keep, if I buy a book to read... Uh, like say Ross Kemp's Greatest Hits or something yeah, yeah, then yeah. I give it to the library because yeah. I have them yeah. well, very rarely even like our, our mate Kevin who's like a prolific reader even he says but I can't think of something I've ever like, think, oh I'll read that book again hmm. because you've got a new book you know the only ones I've done that one the what? Bill Bison's travel books yeah I, yeah, I suppose something like that that's got a relevance because you might go there or I will buy the book I'll read it and then I'll buy the audio book of yeah. them reading it yeah, you said that. I'm a bit like that with films. When I think about films, really, when I've got time to watch films, it's generally mm. a Friday. I've only rarely watched something I've already seen. I'd rather watch something new. It depends on mood. I think if I'm in a mood where, uh, like this, like funny enough, the, the theatre yeah, of blood, which we can talk about, I I don't remember this at all. Which I can't. So believe. I don't think I've ever seen it. Which is great because it's like, you know, like you were saying, you know, suddenly to find a film that you haven't talked about is brilliant. Brilliant. We don't know. know. But if I'm in, and this goes for TV as well, say I've got a half an hour spare. I don't want to watch something I haven't seen before. Uh, So I'll put on something like a porridge episode or whatever. Because it's like, I know I'm going to be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm and not, you don't I'm, have to watch it 100% you can do all the things. Yeah, I can kind of like, you know, turn off and yeah, make yeah, a yeah. kind of thing, really. But uh, like I sent you that clip, the, well, it actually was a shortened down version of that Twilight Zone episode, yeah, uh, which was like, and, but I was watching that and I was there going, I want to watch more of these Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I didn't really look into that, but it was like a cracking episode, wasn't it? It was really, well, like, I've got the first two seasons and the hit rate is nowhere near as good as you think it's going to be for good. No, but is that again because you're not meant to watch them in a, in a row? I think so. Like mm. I said, I think right every hour, and once a week. <laughs> every hour. Every hour, every hour. <laughs> and there was so much other stuff on. But what you're fine with, like, it was a lot of it seems rushed. Mm. Because I think, like, they had to make so many bloody episodes then. Like, there's that first season, 21 episodes on that first Twilight Zone. I know, we didn't even mm. make 21 bloody episodes. I would say about eight are good. But then again, next generation, the first series. Yeah, that's 22. Do you know I'm rewatching that again at the moment? Can you believe it again? Are you watching You're watching it again. Not the first series. All of it? I've started. I'm on series three at the moment. Oh, so you're in Riker's beard and another way in Spanish. I I can't believe of. I can't think of any other two series I could watch as much as that. And I thought lying in bed, I thought actually it probably is my all time favourite TV show. What, TNG? I think it must be because I haven't been in any other series. Maybe Blackadder. Maybe Red Dwarf would have watched it so many times, mm. but I've watched. But I, 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 you know, I end up watching the you, next. You see, you can't count Doctor Who in that because Doctor Who is sixty years old. That's yeah. a lot of episodes. That to, to it's really too much. Then that is too much. Yeah. But I can't. I've done it. it. I've done it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I have done it. I've watched every single episode that's available. Obviously, I've done that. Mash is mine. Yeah, I'm really. I'm really because now because I haven't done the Mash four hundred seven seven podcast for over a year now. I can now watch it. As, as a fun. fan, yeah, again. yeah. So, and I'm thinking, I've got that urge to go and put season one or series one back on yeah, again, yeah, yeah, and rewatch them, just enjoy them. 
But not skip an episode. I don't want to skip an episode, even though there's episodes like fucking Klinger flying. Nah, nah, nah. You, you right, can't do that with TNG. Nah, well, you can't. No, you've got to skip. Baby crush your Any baby crushers. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? Spin on. It's like Voyager with any Irish people. Spin on. <laughs> and that's another thing to Irish people, because I'm a bit Irish. Yeah. But it's like them episodes are so awful, weren't well, they? It's because they're not Irish people, are they? For start. No, it's it's terrible. But anyway. let's get back onto our. Th- oh, uh, have we got anything else to talk about? I haven't been to the cinema at all since this month. Because I've not been here. Well, I've done, but like I said, you've been to see Barbie yeah. and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Barbie, and yeah. You've been to see. Uh, the, we're not going to talk about Barbie or Oppenheimer. Not interested. No, no. Bar- I'm not interested, Cal. Oh, no, Do you know the reason why no. I'm not interested? Are you going to see it? No. Why? I'm not interested. Keep your history. Oh, yeah. Keep your feminist yeah, yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. What I want to know about Cal is Meg Two. Is Meg Two? Meg Two. Yeah. <laughs> Sharp puncher. Yeah. It's like I was talking to my mate Mike about it. Right. That. I like the first. Have you saw the first one? I've not seen, I didn't even know this existed. It's fun, right? Oh. Knows what it is. It's like them Sharknado films. Yeah, I think I think that's the reason why I haven't seen because I but, thought it was part of the Sharknado thing. Bit more, bit what? more realistic. Bit just, I don't know. It's got. It's just. Saving. It's fun, right? He knocks out a shark, <laughs> right? In the first one, and they're thinking. What? How can there be another one? But then again, Mike was saying there's like loads of books about them. So they were made at the time when the Jaws novel came out. Oh, okay. That's what it was all about. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone was writing. I think there's Peter. Loads of it. Anyway, but it's just fun. Hmm. Like really good stunts in it. Amazing monsters. Like it's like about these monsters that come up from the trench. But you know, there's like there's a like you know you got that big trench after hmm. South America. Right? So there's supposed to be like a like, they call it a thermo barrier, and it right. stops creatures coming up. And that's why we've never saw them, right? Oh, okay. Which is supposed to be the truth. Well, they are supposed to be quite... Supposedly, right? But then yeah. you've got miners down there, and they blow an hole in it. As usual. As you do, nicking Douche stuff. Bad. And then they'll come up, so you've got like a giant megalodon, and like a, a so ginormous squid, having a fight on a ginormous thing. Now, well, Stavum's in the middle of it, running right. around on jet ski. Now, Stavum's in the first one, yeah. Yeah. Is this a case of Jaws 2, where they the Jaws, the, the shark, no, tries to find Brody? So no, how come the Statham is involved in... in because uh, what he is, is um, <laughs> he's like an environmental policeman, really. So he goes around the world and they send him in to get like surveillance on people doing illegal dumping of waste. Sewage and that So he goes, he goes in, he gets texty evidence and then like an SAS kind of thing. So he okay. goes in like, right. and then comes out again. So in the second one... He's like following this, like, is this like uh, doing illegal dumping of radioactive waste? So he goes along that and they want to feed where this waste is going. And when they go this waste going, they find this illegal drilling operation and that's why he's there. Ah. He's in it just so he can punch sharks. That's <laughs> so, why he's in. So you've had Ross Kemp who headbutted a horse once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. now you've got Statham knocking out sharks. They are such good fun. Question. Yeah. Question. All right. Does Statham do his. You know, every actor has a, uh, a shtick. They have their... Yeah, shtick, don't they? Well, apart from not Does losing. he get oiled up? <laughs> no, he don't get oiled up. He doesn't get he oiled doesn't. up. He don't lose, you know, because that's that thing, isn't it? We find is that, that about... But is well, that think about true? It, I can't ever think of Jason Statham losing in a fight in a film. Um, because he wins every fight he's ever in. Which is poor, really. I think... Yeah. But then again, did Stallone ever lose fights? Well, no, Rocky Yeah, didn't Rocky, Rocky won. Did Schwarzenegger? Not really. Um, he always won everything he ever did. He kind of didn't win to start off even Total Recall, did it? I don't know. Who wins the... Oh, did he lose in, Did Stallone lose in Cobra? In a, did he lose any kind of arm wrestling? Is that arm wrestling? No, over the top. Over the top. Yeah, which Ray bought the book from. <laughs> Can you believe that? 
Okay. You know, yeah, I just listened to this. Okay, I know it he is. He was really into these books. It's like, why not? Would still you mean? Oh, God, that's a great fit. Ray, do you still have the book of Over, over the, top? the Top? You can't imagine there's a book in it. There's not much story in it. Right. It's like, know, how do you do a book about Armistice? Do you reckon? I reckon. I do a film about it. There's nothing about it. We're not too far away from you know that ridiculous sport where people are slapping each other. Yeah. There's going to be one of them soon, isn't it? Yeah. There's going to be a slapping oh, film yeah, going yeah. on. That's ridiculous. But talking of Armistice, when you get round to later running jury duty, which there's an amazing Armistice bit. Do you want to explain what that is? Because right, people, people in America. Well, I'm just watching this show at the moment called Jury Duty. That's on Free V. Yeah, which people go, what is free? I don't know why I understand Amazon. Do you think that? Just well, just Amazon. Amazon channel, just with Amazon. With, but that's on, I didn't know, but that's actually on Freeview as well, isn't it? That Freeview. Is it? That's that's really good. So you could watch, anyone could watch that. That means people can watch New Neighbours when he comes out. Yeah. And basically, it's like a sitcom about, like a mockumentary about uh, a jury room, a jury service in America, but someone's in it doesn't know that everyone's actors. Yeah. And later on, it's, I mean, everyone, they're on, in a restaurant on the strip and everyone's actors in there. And you think, how the hell do they do this? But there's an amazing bit where he's got to have an arm wrestle. You know, you've got that, that earthing your Mars, James Mars. James Mars, right? yeah. He becomes a right prick in it. So it's like, I don't want to give some but no, he, has no, an, it, he has an amazing arm wrestling competition with him. Oh, really? And I can't believe the bloke's thinking, this ain't right, is he? I'm having an arm wrestle with, with James Mars. I suppose it's because, though, that, you know, it's like, if you if you think about it, if, you, if suddenly you're sitting there, right, and... I don't know, who, who do you really like? Um, say, Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes and sits, sits next to you and goes, hi, Bobby. Uh, you know, I know it's Bobby. And you go, oh, hello, my name's Cal. And you're sitting there and, and you're thinking, he goes, oh, I didn't really want to be in this jury service. And you're thinking, oh, this guy is like my all-time favourite actor in the world. But he's been quite cool. I don't want to be like fanboyish. You get, get you, I suppose you get yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to know him, don't you? Because they're talking to you. And then if he turns around and says, you won't mind getting me a coffee. Exactly. You're not going to turn around and say no, no to what the thing, It's like my wife was saying about this. And it shows you, though, how humans were, that you put a load of people together, right? And if, if it don't matter how ridiculous the things are, if you get to know them and you like them, because really they're putting the wool over his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what's... And you start thinking, oh, well, you know, I know him. He, he mm. wouldn't do anything like... Because he's like mates, isn't he? Yeah. And every episode gets more... Cause, but the thing is, and this how people get drawn into doing mm. stupid things because it takes one person to stand up and go, wait a minute, this yeah. ain't real. With that amount of actors mm. and that, you'd you think, well, maybe one of them's maybe a plan. One or plan. Yeah, Not I mean, the judge. But that's the whole thing of like, the Darren Brown stuff was all yeah, about yeah. there, wasn't it? With the hoist and with all that kind and of that stuff. And that one that pushed him off the roof. Yeah, which is... Which is a dangerous one, that was. But it shows you how people will go along. People can, yeah. People will go along with people. We are herd animals, aren't we? Yeah, of course we are. At the end of the day. That's why you have alpha males. And yeah, yeah, alpha, yeah. Alpha yeah. these days, alpha females. Yeah, oh, yeah. Are you not too sure these days? Yeah, of course. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's move away from that. So, Kel, what are we talking about today? We talk about one of my favourite horror films when I was a kid, Theatre of Blood. And what do we do before we talk about it? You play some kind of thing, too.
And it's the actual opening theme tune music to that, which is rather lovely and genteel. Yeah, it is, yeah. Isn't it genteel? genteel well, no, it's like I said to Alexandra, this feels like a gentle horror film anyway, even though it's quite vicious. There's something quite gentle about it, isn't there? There is, and uh, the the Because I can't believe, I still can't believe you've never seen it. I can't. I, honestly, I... I Seriously, I, well, I mean, maybe I had when yeah, I was Yeah, I think younger. it must have when you were a kid. Even the poodle bit. That's the thing. The I've poodle pie. The... That's the bit that stuck with me. I know someone else was talking about that on the, on the comments. Well, that's what all stuck with me when I was a kid. Poodle pie. The interesting thing, before I did the, the, the uh, you know, did the read-up about it all, was the fact, as I was watching, I was there going, this is like a stage play, this is. It is, it is. It did become a stage play. It did become a stage play. It became a stage play in 2005 and Diana Riggs' role was filled by her real-life daughter, Rachel Sterling. I'm definitely going to see this on a thing, yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. Who would play Vincent Price? Well, that's the thing. That's, just... well, that's why I stomach wouldn't it? <laughs> what, about Matt, what about Matt Berry? Could Matt Berry do Matt, Matt, like Matt Berry. You'd have to have, because the thing is, he's got an amazing voice, hasn't he, he Vincent Price? Oh, isn't it velvety? There's a bit of a treat for, because I've already got the editor of these, by the way. Um, there's a treat for anybody, any one of our valued listeners who do stay towards the end of the podcast. There's a little treat there for you at the oh, end. Oh, right. So, uh, it's directed by Douglas Hickox. Written by Anthony Greville Bill, the screenplay, uh, Stanley Mann and John Cohn, whose idea it was. Um, it starred the following people, who we're going to talk about in a minute. It came out on several dates here. 16th of March, 73 in Toronto. 5th of April, 73 in the United States. And 7th of June, 73, United Kingdom. Actually had a running time of 104 minutes. And it made a million dollars in its initial run at the box office. But let's go on to the actors. Now, the cast in this... Is the It's like your pop. ideal. <laughs> I said that when I was that, that's what I can't believe in. Like it's all people you love. I know. It's just all kind of people it's, you it's love. Like, it's, I know it's, they're all old and they are old by the end. Some of them look fucking old. Yeah, some do look really old, but these are actors that I adore from the classic cinema world. Really do adore them. Uh, for a start, Vincent Price, <laughs> I've always been a Vincent Price fan. And I'll tell you yeah. when I first became a Vincent Price fan yeah. was seeing him on a chat show when I was really young. Yeah. And then recognising his voice on the Michael Jackson thriller. Yeah, yeah, going, yeah. Trying to put two and two together. Yeah. Because although he's quite old in this film, I mean, he's, well, to be fair, he lived another 20 years right. after this. I mean, he was 62 when he did this film. Do you know his last film was Edward Scissorhands? I know it was, yeah. And he does look very old in that film. But like I said, he never looked young. He's one of them a bit Peter yeah. Cushing. He never looked young. But as anyone who listens to the interview at the end of this podcast with him, he is has always been an incredibly gracious person, and his so best friends class. ended up being Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and I think Boris Karloff. Ah. Those four, and obviously Boris Karloff died. Uh, yeah, 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 but then. The, they they still met up for dinner. The three I, of them. Imagine that. Imagine being in a restaurant seeing them. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, I, class. I would ask and just say, would you mind if I, I don't sit with you, but I sit near you and just listen. listen to your yeah, 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 wonderful yeah. stories. But he was born Vincent Leonard Price Jr., May the 27th, 1911, in St. Louis, Missouri. And he passed away October 25th, 1993, aged 82, in Los Angeles, California. A uh, bit here, copied from Wikipedia, I do apologise. He established himself in the horror genre, revolves in... And Cal, we've virtually seen all of these. Yeah. In fact, we've covered one of them. Have we covered one? Yeah, we have. So we've talked about Vincent Price before. Um, House of Wax, 1953, The Fly, yeah. House on the Haunted Hill, 
Return of the Fly, not right film. The Tingler, The Last Man on Earth, Witchfinder General. That's yeah, what we've done I, I love Witchfinder. I love Last Man. Yeah, remember Last Man on Earth is the original Mega Man. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so, as yeah. mentioned before in yeah, these yeah. things. The Abominable Doctor Five, Theatre of Blood. That we're going to talk about. Uh, he collaborated collaborated a lot with Roger Corman on Edgar Allan Poe's adaptation. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's, he might have his name on them, didn't he? That's, that's the where one that made where people loved him. The Pit and the Pendulum, which is my favourite film yeah, that yeah, he yeah. did. I love that. It's also one of my favourite books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love it. The Haunted Place, The Mask of the Red Death, oh, and he also appeared in the Batman TV series as, do you remember? Do you remember what, the Adam West TV series? Yeah, oh well. Do you remember what he played in that? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Egghead. Egghead, yeah, Egghead. yeah. Uh, the lovely Diana Rigg as Edwina Lionheart. I mean, what great names, Lionheart. Yeah, yeah. So Edward Lionheart, Edwina Lionheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Born uh, Enid Diana Elizabeth Rigg on the 20th of July 1938 in Doncaster. Now, I've got to say, though, did you guess it was her as... You know what? Sure, if you didn't, man, no, no, you no. get out of this room now. It's going to be the worst reveal ever. It never looks like a bloke. No, not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. Not at the beginning, because she's not in it at the beginning. No, no, no. She, yeah. You know what I thought it was? Well, <laughs> I thought it was. Who's that well-known Brummy music producer with the curly head, the glasses and the beard? Oh, uh, Brian Eno, is it? No, no Brian Simon Eno. Rattle. No, no, uh, Simon Rattle. That's yeah. the conductor. No, from the 60s and 70s. Buggles. You know, there's always a dog. We've, someone puts a, a curly-haired dog with a pair of glasses on, and they say, that's him. Oh. There he is. Hold on a minute. Let's pause. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so after a quick pause. Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn. You type in Jeff Lynn. Obviously not now, because we've just done yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. We've just been doing that. that Jeff Lynn and dog. Right, and it's a curly haired dog. Did you that with Jeff Lee? No, I thought it was. No, I didn't think it was Jeff Lee. I, I just thought, oh, he looks like oh, right, Jeff Lee, right? Yeah, but At the beginning, done. because. Surely he didn't, didn't wait to the end to get the reveal. No, 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 no. no, no. I knew, no. As soon as Diana Rigg turned up, right, <laughs> and they're going, oh, here's Diana Rigg. And then it was like, oh, mate, that looks like. Uh, that looks like a boy. But to start off with, because it's in the dark, I thought, oh, anyway, we've got a long way. That was entertaining. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Uh, right, and uh, Enid Diana Elizabeth Rigg, 25th of July 1938 from Doncaster, passed away only two years ago, 10th of September 2020, aged 82. Do you remember what her last film was that she completed just before her death? Not the last broadcast, but her last, because I think the last broadcast was possibly or Critics Grace More, but her last thing that she filmed. Ooh. Also a horror film. No, what was it? Last Night in Soho. Well, oh, right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was it's coming on uh, Netflix next week. Oh, such a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought that as soon as it came out. Yeah. I love it. Um, Ian Hendry. Now, we talked about Ian Hendry before on the Get Car episode, but I think because he's he's a bit more prominent in this film, I think we need to talk a little bit more about him. Ian uh, McKendrick Hendry, uh, born 13th of January 1931 in Ipswich. Passed away 24th of December 1984, oh. aged only 53. Oh, right. Um, he, his final role was in uh, Channel 4 soap opera Brookside. Now, uh, Ian Hendry was uh, quite a bit of an alcoholic. Well, uh, not, not the old then, basically. Old it was just... But I think he absolutely shines in this film. I think this is probably the best thing I've ever seen him in. Well, he's against amazing people, so I think you'd have to think, I've got to up your game a bit. You've got to up your game. I mean, I think he's great in Get Carter. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that there's certain thing in Get Carter. I don't know what his accent's doing in his, yeah, his yeah, normal yeah. accent. He's kind of like, oh, he's almost like, he's not Geordie, as if he's supposed to be, but then again, he was Michael Caine. No, that is one thing about Get Carter. You never believe he's from there, do you? No, of course you don't. Not at all. I don't know why they did that, really. 
I don't know why they just didn't have it revolves reverse slightly. No, he has to come back to London. Yeah, that would have been. That, that would have made sense, really. But oh suppose, yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, it's uh, anyway, uh, Harry Andrews as Trevor Dickman, born Harry Fleetwood Andrews. What a wicked middle name. Yeah. Uh, 10th of November 1911 what? Uh, in Tunbridge, Kent, and passed away 6th of March 1989 in uh, Sussex. His performance as Regimental Sergeant Major Wilson in the brilliant film The Hill, 1965 yeah. alongside Sean Connery, earned Andrews the National Board of Review Award for Best Supporting Actor and a nomination the BAFTA Award for Best British Actor. I think he's one of our underrated British actors. I yeah. really do. I think he's absolutely fabulous. Uh, he was also in Superman uh, as the second elder. Oh, but the owl. Robert Coote as Oliver Larding, born 4th of February 1909. Fucking In London, passed away 26th of November 1982 in New York City, aged only 73. Uh, one of my favourite actors, uh, Michael Horden, played George Maxwell. Um, I do believe he's the first person who dies in this film. Oh, he's the one where he's with the, with the traps. He's a tenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Michael Murray Horden, CBE, uh, born 3rd of October 1911 to the 2nd of May 1995. He was in so many Shakespeare roles that he's unbelievable. But we probably know him as the voice behind the Paddington cartoon straight <laughs> animation from yeah, yeah. 1976 to 1993. Bloody hell. That ran for a very long time. Uh, Robert Morley, who is the guy with the puppies. Right? He's just like part of British TV. Part of British TV, cinema, advertising. I know, Phil is a big fan of him. Very big film. Yeah, very big film. Robert Adolf Wilton Morley. Adolf spelled A-D-O-L-P-H. Should point out. 26th of May, 1908. <laughs> so he's a year younger than uh, than Robert Coote. Um, uh, 26th of May 1908 in Simley, Wiltshire. The passed away, aged 84 in 1992 in Reading. Um, again, he, you just have to type his name in. I'm not going to go for all the stuff. Oh. It's prolific. Uh, Carol Brown uh, played Chloe Moon. Um, and she was born... Cole Edith Brown uh, in Melbourne, Australia in 1913 passed away in 1991 in Los Angeles now Jack Hawkins turns up in his I, I was so surprised that Jack Hawkins oh, I didn't want to spoil that I think his last, last thing was one of his last films he did die he this year he don't do a lot in it because you can see he's ill you can he, see he's what? ill so having just in it he's amazing but you know the, the, the mad thing is um, I forgot that it's not him speaking in his film. No, no, because his voice is done. His voice is shot. <clears throat> yeah. His voice, ironically, his yeah. voice is done by Charles Gray in this film. So I said this. But I forgot that he'd lost his larynx I, in yeah, 1966. Could you think of that would go on? It wouldn't happen now, would it? No. Oh, it's just about that. Oh, your voice is gone. Oh, we're still keeping him. There wouldn't be no, no, that. No. I mean, obviously, he, he still could speak, but... So he must was, have said uh, his lines. Yeah, he must have said his lines, but he couldn't project his lines. I think it was more of a kind of like a... But to still have a career after all of that is amazing. <laughs> oh, he's amazing, yeah. And he did he did pass away, I think, before the film was released. He passed away 18th of July. What did I say the film was released on? Yeah. Uh, around about time, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, but he was born uh, 14th of September 1910, passed away aged only 62. Uh, Arthur Lowe, we've talked about Arthur Lowe before, we did that Dad's Army thing. He plays Harvey Sprade, born 22nd of September 1915 in Derbyshire, passed away on the 15th of April 1982 in Birmingham, just after doing a Pebble Mill interview. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. <laughs> amazing how they've got this amount of cast together didn't they it's like well he weren't going to do it Arthur Lowe, uh, because he didn't like the idea he wasn't a fan of horror he didn't like horror films 
Uh, and and he's probably got the most horrific death in it, really. Yeah, I think so, yeah. When you actually think about the death scene, <coughs> Well, probably wouldn't have known about it, would he? No, no. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dennis Price as Hector Snipe, born Dennis Stoon. I might have said that wrong, but that's what it says. Franklin John Rose Price in Ruscombe, 23rd of June 1915, passed away October 1973 in Guernsey, aged only 58. And now we get to the police office in this. Uh, Milo O'Shea plays Inspector Boot, who is incredibly well known on British cinema and TV. Yeah, but the police in this are shit. They are terrible. <laughs> uh, born 2nd of June 1926 in Dublin, Ireland, passed away in Manhattan, New York. New York. Not you said New York. New York. Uh, 2nd of April 2013, age 86. Well known in TV, and his last appearance was in the US TV drama West Wing. Uh, just a couple of others now. Uh, we've got Eric Sykes, who, uh, who plays Sergeant Dog. Which is amazing, really, to have some comedy legend just in the background. Just in the background. Doing jokes with... that no one else really pays attention to. Uh, he was born 4th of May 1923 in Oldham, died 4th of July 2012. We could do a whole show about Eric Sykes. Yeah, Maybe yeah. we will, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of his last films that he did uh, for our younger generation was in the Harry Potter films. Uh, he was only in one and he plays the caretaker of an old abandoned building which he then gets killed by a snake oh right uh, now then Diana Dawes again very brief appearance here by Diana Dawes uh, who plays Maisie Pesultry uh, born uh, as we know an unusual name uh, Diana Mary Fluck I know yeah <laughs> no wonder she changed her name 23rd of October 1931 died 4th of May 1984 aged only 52 uh, Joan Hickson, a lot of our UK audiences will know her most famous for playing uh, Miss Marple. Although our dad's not a fan, but that's another thing. And yeah. She was born Joan Bogle Hickson, 4th of August 1906 in Northamptonshire, died 17th of October 1998, aged 92. So that's all the actors on there. There's a few others, but we don't need to. Oh, well, Madeline Smith was in it. Who doesn't like Madeline Smith? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Let's talk about the film. Let's go for it then. So basically, the whole of this film is it's a it's 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 a Lionheart is killed. Well, he dies. Almost looks yeah. like commits suicide, which he, I think he does try and commit suicide. I think he is trying to kill himself. Yeah, because yeah. He, he goes to this flat. Interesting trivia fact about uh, the flat later on, which I think you'll like. But he goes there to have a go at the Critics Award, isn't yeah. it? That's what the whole film is about. Well, I think a lot, yeah, I always quite a lot about this film as well. That if you read about Vincent Price. There's a lot of his in this, and I think this is why he wants. He loved this film, didn't he? Yeah, it's his favourite film. Because it's Diana uh, Diana Rigg's favourite film that she did. Because I think he wanted to be treated serious as an actor, mm. and he was a Shakespearean actor. He could proves he can do it because his lines in this are amazing. Oh, his lines are fabulous. His Shakespeare's amazing, mm. and he could never get it, could he? No. And he and he went down that road where he had to work because most of the time you're a jobbing actor, aren't you? Yeah. Unless you break through, but even Peter Cushing, how many how much crap he did? You had to do it. You got typecast then. And I think that's yeah. why I like this film. He actually got that chance to do them lines. Mm. And I think he could have done it if he would have been given a chance to do Shakespeare. Yeah, because his character in this film is the opposite of Vincent Price because the character of, of Edward Lionheart refused to do any other roles. He only did Shakespeare. Shakespeare yeah, yeah. So he reduced his range. And that's the reason why the critics ended up having a go at him. Well, they are horrible to him. They are horrible to him. Although the one does turn around and say, well, I, I did give you positive reviews for a certain thing, but it doesn't take any blame. No, 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 which is what it's like when you listen to reviews. Yeah, so it, make, it makes something where the fact that the police don't get this connection. Right. But it's Ian Hendry's character who goes, I think 
he's killing us <laughs> yeah, critics so because of the reviews we've done of those. So I think as well, he's dead. And you do see him jump off the building. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of think, well, did he mean to do that? Well, he does because the fact he's washed up and he doesn't believe he's, he's awake, does he? No, you know, no, no. When the tramp's fine. Give him the meths. And they're not meth drinkers. You don't really get that anymore. You do don't get that. But my God, that's either, either, either meths or they've got that colour bang on because oh. it's like, whoa, that is. Proper do people still drink meth that Alki's I bet probably, probably well, you could probably I think White Lightning that horrible so, cheap cider is probably just as good and probably cheaper than meth actually yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which is quite meths oh it's horrible isn't it but so we, we will go through the list of all these people who die and the first person is Michael Horden's character um, I did notice for a start which is, is a little bit of a thing he very badly parked his car at the beginning of uh, yeah, his yeah, death and also at the end Uh and he gets attacked, but he, he obviously owns lots of... Or he, I don't know why he's responsible to get these no, people out. That doesn't make this sense. This is a film. Don't think too much about it. No, no. Because it don't make sense, any of it. The way they're living, the way they're going, the way police are not paying attention to anyone dying in, no, ever. No. You know what I mean? Like, randomly going to a house on your own. Well, he gets, <laughs> he gets called there by the police, and they said, we think we need somebody of authority. And you think, well, you're the police, you should do that. He parks up, two policemen walk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting fact, I didn't notice it was Vincent Price as one of the police. No, officers. I didn't. I didn't notice him recently when I was reading about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not until he takes his helmet off, throws his helmet away and takes the moustache off that you think, which is weird because he's got a moustache over the moustache. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. But when he walks in, tells them all, come on, out you go. Come on, we don't want you in here. Let's yeah. get going. Yeah. And then they slowly start picking up knives and stuff like that. And then yeah, because he starts in. off onto that speak loud in authority. Then. Yeah, loud in authority. Come on, I'm in charge. Yeah, Let's yeah, get yeah, going. Yeah. Like Alan Wicker's guy to be in English here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm British. Come on, move along. And that suddenly doesn't help. Them. And they really kind of, they, well, it's a death by a thousand slashes, isn't it, is where it comes from. Um, I don't think I wrote down what Shakespearean play it was, oh, I which I kind of wish I had done, really. Um, I'm not a Shakespeare. No, I don't. So I'd be the someone who hasn't saw this as big into Shakespeare. I think if they really it enjoy might it. give it away a lot more than we did because we yeah. I didn't know a lot of the part of the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know about the hemp and all that. I didn't know about no, all that. I, I, don't, I did not know. That. I've no, I've only read um, much ado about nothing, and um, I think we talked about it. it's not long ago. We have. I haven't really read it. I'd like to, but it's just getting getting into it, isn't it? I think I prefer to go and see a Shakespearean play. I think so. Yeah. Read it more than anything. And because it's on our doorstep, it's another one of them things where you go, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's on the other road, isn't it? Yeah, well, why, do, why do I need to go to Stratford? It's just yeah, 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 But yeah, he gets attacked. And I've put down here, he's attacked like like a pack of wild dogs on him, uh, which is how I saw it. And well, I, it's quite, like I said, it's quite a scary, like I said, like everything in this film, you think about it, it's quite, it's quite a grim scene. It really is, because you could imagine being in that situation, yeah. suddenly being attacked by a load of... Load of and it's like your first, you don't know what it's about. No, that's the thing with this film. It don't tell you this stuff about till about halfway through. Mm. She so don't know why the killings no, happening here. Yeah, I mean, when you when you find out it's been surprised, you just think, oh, why has he got all these? What's going on here? Because all these tramps and alkies around him. He's in, you know, and you see, you don't quite know where the films where the films no, going. No. But there's a beautiful bit of direction on this when when uh, Horden's body drops and he's looking through the gap, and he realizes who it is, and then he dies. There's a little bit of trickle of blood that comes out and starts dropping drop, uh-huh. down. It's so well done. Uh-huh. And that would have actually been set up because there's no reason why you'd do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's brilliant. Uh, Hector Snipe, who's uh, killed next. Now, I think this is one of the most horrific ones where the fact that he's killed and dragged through uh, on a road via horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can see that his body's been torn to pieces, yeah, or his yeah, clothes yeah. torn to pieces. And what's... 
good about that scene is that we then turn him over. He's got bits of stone stuck in his he face. Does, yeah, 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 and yeah. that detail, because it is quite a cheap film, isn't it? There's no question about it. But yeah. and it's all filmed outside. There's no studio film. I've noticed that. Yeah, right? this is not, there's not a single studio shot in this film. That does probably doesn't money cost. It, it was cheaper to film outdoors, even though when you think about it, they actually had to get they got permission to film on Windsor Castle because that long driveway where they're doing that makeup, that the well, kind of it's like a meta thing. There's like a film in a film. In a film, in a film. Well, she's working in. That's the, that's the, the long Bloody walkway hell. to Windsor Castle. Hell. That can't have been cheap. No, unless no. it was just like oh, we're making a video. Yeah, 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 just do it. Um, now it's Ian Hendry who starts to work out. Yeah. Like that. No, I put. I put. I have put Jeff Lindlock. Oh, I should have actually done that. Where we meet, we meet Diana Rigg, and her acting in this is brilliant because there's not one hint that she's involved at all. Yeah, and I think she's obviously as well. It's like my wife. She's obviously fucking mad as well, isn't she? Well, she's obviously psychotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, that. she, you yeah. can understand him. Yeah, you can understand him. Even though what he's doing is wrong, you can see why he's doing it. Because I think most actors would like to do that with fucking reviewers. Because they can so. ruin you, can't they? Yeah, because... Not I'm, so much now. No. I think like, now it's kind of way. Yeah, no. because critics have really gone down the hill, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't mean anything. But anymore. I remember there's a, a book called Be- um, By Design by Richard E. Grant. It's his only novel that he's wrote. And his character in it tells this actor who's obsessed with contraptions and gizmos and <laughs> tech and all this. and But he's obsessed with critics... And he can't let it go. And what he suggests is that you write the critic's name on a pebble and we'll build you a big pond in your back garden and then you just drop the pedal into it uh-huh. and the pebble just drops down into the bottom of the, the water so you, it drifts away. Uh-huh. It's one way of getting rid of that kind of anxiousness. Oh, at this point. So you could do that or you could kill them by Shakespearean ways. <laughs> but I, I think that one is, is even more kind of thinking about it, that one being dragged through, because is he still alive when they yeah. drag him through? You don't really see him die, I don't think. No, they're really, they're like, it's that way of showing Yvonne who's actually ever seen it. Yeah. There's a lot in this film, because the camera's just a little off-skew. A little off-skew, and you hear a bit of noise, and that's the one with, when you see Arthur Lowe, who's married to Joan Hickson in this in this film. She's just like a, a belittling wife, isn't she? Constantly, like, having a bit of a go. It's quite ironic, really, because Arthur Lowe's wife in real life was called Joan. And he turned down a lot of promising acting roles, stuff that would have made him a lot more famous. And he refused to do them unless his wife was cast in the role. Fuck, I can't believe he mm, did that. Yeah, and uh, that was a little bit of his downfall. Whether it's because she was a bit of a, you know, kind of like, you're not doing that unless I'm Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. he generally wanted more for his wife. Him, like, yeah. I'm afraid he didn't act. You're going to be selfish, aren't you? Yeah, well, the, the reason why he, he did only did this film was because of the fact that he couldn't believe he'd be starving with all these famous British actors. Well, you wouldn't, yeah. you, you wouldn't turn it down. But his death, which I find quite <laughs> interesting because this is where you see the, the henchman that looks like Jeff Lynn. And that's when I saw her thinking... Oh, I don't know, is that... Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That di- I don't even think I was convinced at this point either, no, I'm no. honest. But... The way he puts the, the kind of like the knockout drug in her ass, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then falls asleep and it yeah, makes yeah. him up. But I think it's either because he puts him asleep, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and cuts his head off. Yeah. So in essence, he hasn't suffered, has no, he? No, he Because he doesn't wake up. Now, no. it would have been better maybe if he'd woke up. And she turned around and said, oh, you're snoring again. Yeah, yeah. And he was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. a good point, yeah. Good because point. really, he's. He doesn't know anything. Now, was, did he, wasn't he, maybe he wasn't a terrible critic, or mm. it's just a bit of, because 
in this bit as well. This is your about today. Yeah. Is so mistake, it? No. He, he, they cut his head off and they leave the head there. The maid comes in. Hello, here's your tea. And the head just rolls off. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, she sees the blood. She screams and she passes out. Yeah, yeah. Then Joan Hickson wakes up, sees the blood, yeah, passes yeah. out. And then yeah. the head rolls off. Yeah, because the fake head's on him, isn't it? Is that what he is? Yeah. Is it a fake head? Fake head, yeah. So that's the reason why? So it's not a mistake then? No, no, no. I was just really like, because you said it earlier, I was thinking about it. Now you're playing the scene. Because that something to do with the put a fake... Uh, this is It's to do with the Shakespeare. You've got to know this is it. This is what, you know, it makes you want to know more about them plays, is not it? Maybe we should have researched this more. Oh, so, okay, so it's a fake head on there. That fake head rolls off. It's a bloody good fake it's head. Really Presumably it's the same fake head then that they yeah. use. Well, this is the thing. They're either doing all this stuff when he's living like a bunch of tramps in the sewer. Exactly. You yeah. know, you know, where's he getting his money from? You know, no. Yeah, that's the point. How did he learn to do that? No, yeah, you're not meant to think about it. No, no. But anyway, uh, Arthur Lowe's head ends up being on uh, a load of milk bowls, which Ian Hendry's character finds, which I think is, I think it's a brilliant scene, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the fact that he remains quite calm yeah. about oh, it. Oh, that's, no one's ever bothered. No, <laughs> just, 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 don't you think that's very British, though? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. I know, I know what I'll do. I'll go and have a whiskey. <laughs> have a whiskey. Now, the police start to think, start to believe what Ian Hendry's character is saying. They yeah, go, yeah, look, okay, we better give you a load of armed, well, you know, so, uh, pl- who are shit? Right. Let's face it. I think it's because of the fact... Are you all right? Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not boring you, ever. No, 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 no. I'm a bit of a yawn now. No, I just went through... I had a minute then when I went... I fucking went really tired and all that. Poor, this poor, poor, poor Emma. <laughs> um, there's one thing that does make me laugh, though. When they're talking about, um, you know, people being killed off. And the one goes, what about my... It's Jack Orchid's character. Yeah, yeah. What about my wretched wife? Yeah. <laughs> what a thing to say. Yeah, right. What about my wretched wife? Now, the next one is uh, a pound of flesh, which is apparently uh, an ode to Shylock. That's the character for now. Which, again, is a really interesting because he knows he's going to die. And the fact that they cut that pound off. Now, the weird thing is, is that we ended up watching a... You know, we get those surgical programs on telly here. And it was about a, a, a woman who had really quite progressive breast cancer. Oh, okay. And they had to take a whole chunk out of there. Oh. But it was that big that they didn't quite realise how much skin they're going to have to take off. So I was watching that and then watching this film. Oh, right. And it was a bit, a bit, I kind of, when I went to sleep, I had some horrible dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that whole thing is really interesting because the character apparently in that doesn't die. No, no. But you're owed a pound of flesh. Yeah. Oh. Now, was it it's the heart they took off there? Well, they took yeah, the yeah. heart out, which weighed up to be a pound. But the way they have to do it on the scales, no, it's not quite right yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. take a bit off. <laughs> oh, and they're yeah, going, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what do, what do you think about the one, the guy, I know it sounds like we're actually rushing through this film, but the thing is, is that nothing really happens apart from these deaths. No. So the and we, obviously we're not, we're not doing clips from this because it would take us too long to do. But the one I found really interesting was the drowned, drowned in the vat of wine. Because he's there, this is where the police end up being really shit. He goes into this kind of thing with, the Lord tramps. I know. Like, yeah. He gets to a very, bear in mind this is like 73, so it's not like wine bars were cheap. No, no. So I don't have any money then because you figure the sh- no, because crap there. Crap there. So he goes to this wine bar. Are you telling me you wouldn't smell that there's something going on here? Because <laughs> Jeff Lynn's there. That's when I noticed it wasn't a bloke. <laughs> because I'm there going, it's very thin, Jeff Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he's got a kind of. Or, he's there, so you're coming along to come along. Right, like, so well, hold yeah. on. He's, he, you wouldn't have that kind of person in a wine bar no, at this time no, as well. No, no, no. Well, surely you'd notice the smell of the clientele. 
Yeah. Because some of them are still drinking meths. <laughs> in a wine bar, for God's sake. Also, where did they get the wine bar? What happens to the people who run the wine bar? Uh, <laughs> no, right. So that, he goes off uh, in the back. The policeman just is a bit bored. It's a bit like, when you think about it, a bit like, uh, like a more adult like sort of scooby doo it? Where... Loads of things happen. Does that make any sense that these things happen? No. So, like, they, when, when they, you know, when they must have been doing the script, but if they're like, right, we're going to have this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit. Well, why don't make any... Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hey, no one's going to be looking at this <laughs> and reviewing it later on in life. But they, they drowned him in this thing and then they nailed it down. Did you notice while it was nailed down by? What? <laughs> One of our hammers. Was it? It was a warhide number four. Oh, for fucking <laughs> So I'm going to take a photograph of that and send it in. Check it out on LinkedIn. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> this actor was drowned in a vat of wine. And now that, yeah, yeah. Uh, next one. So, school of fencing. Now... I like this bit. <laughs> I like it. It's crap, but I like it. It's crap. But it's better than the it. fucking bum fencing bit in a Die Another Day. Yeah. Is it Die Another you Day? You can't beat a bit of fencing. Well, James Bond, uh, do you mean the one with Madonna? It's uh, awful. Die Another Day. Yeah, yeah, version. that's really it. Anyway, because that we was the one I watched the other week. Oh, no. Is that, is that how, are you doing them in order? No, that I, this was on channel ITV the other week and I just happened to watch it. Um, so, and I thought you realise that. Wait a minute, you've got my wonderful Blu ray box set. But it's just, you know, it's on. And you thought, I'll watch it. But yeah, no. Yeah, it's you realise how bad them Piers Brosnan's ones. The dates are really bad. But really Golden Eye is still really good. Yeah, they're dearly made. I, I don't mind the world is not enough. Isn't that the one with Denise Richards as uh, oh, Christmas yeah. Jones? Oh, Christmas yeah. Christmas only comes. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, but no, the, the fencing in this is really good. Now, interesting thing is, is that Vincent Price could fence. Of course he uh, could. Ian Hendry also could fence. Uh, but that's not them doing it. Is it not? They did film a bit, probably the beginning bit and then the end bit, but they didn't carry on with it because it's quite clearly... What Pringles have you got there? Paprika. Paprika Pringles, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's sure the, the podcast listeners <laughs> yeah. are interested about the, the Pringles. Yeah, so, and it is quite obvious because Ian Hendry, who left face, has got quite short hair and going bald, has got quite a bit of hair at the back. It's almost like a Shatner wig going on there. I didn't even think about it being a stunt. But I put here, uh, Trump lady drinking more meth keeps him alive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've obviously wrote that down going, because now, the Diana Dawes bit with Jack Hawkins, uh, who kills her, murders her by a pillow... That is really interesting, Abe, because that is such a massive setup where yeah. he's been going there to do probably chiropractor or massage. There's clearly no sexual intent no, going no, on no. there, although it clearly is because he's dying the doors, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has always. I, I've always been quite amazed by dying the doors. I'm not 100% sure because she's. I can say this without being. No, we think it's sexist kind of thing, but it's. She's. Uh, She's very voluptuous, isn't she, Diana Dawes? Well, pretty... In a kind of a beachside cartoon. Exactly. Way. Right, the way, to me, it's like, Marilyn Monroe was like pure sex. Jan Mansfield's sex. Diana Dawes, it was sex, but in a bawdy way. Yeah. Do you know but... what I mean? Like a bawdy, she's like, because I, see, we were too young to remember the yeah, height. No, 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 no. We yeah. remember, I remember, man, remember, from the Adam Ant video. Yes, actually. That's yeah. when I first remember. She's quite old, isn't she? Not, and well. we still remember when she was older. And I think she became a caricature of herself as she got went on anyway, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, she's very voluptuous, so I suppose she comes in the same round as, like, Hattie Jakes on that aspect of things. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it, really. I don't get that. No, look, I, see, I think it's because it's past our... Could be. And I think when she come along, it was probably, what, in the 60s? Mm. And, you know, that was quite a big deal because you still had... 
Manor Row was not long dead and Johnny Mansfield was still around. And like, there was a lot of them boards, like Rakao Walsh and yeah, all that kind I mean, of... I've, I've been watching that Marilyn Monroe. There seems to be a new, a new Marilyn Monroe documentary on Netflix. Is it good? I'm enjoying it yeah, because yeah, it actually yeah. goes into the fact of how she manipulated people to make oh, how, I mean, how she, she was, was very intelligent woman. people thought she was thick and some yeah. of crap she used that didn't she she used that especially in some of the films where she was deliberately forgetting I mean, whether she was deliberately forgetting us. I've not watched that one with uh, the lovely lady from the last Bond film the oh, only yeah. good thing in that last Bond film um, oh, you're talking about uh, uh, rock not rock profiles um, no, uh, what's it called that programme now no 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 it was the proper you know Marilyn on Netflix. Oh, I haven't saw that. The one with Anna Dim Dimas. You know the really. Oh, uh, yeah, and everyone well, said that her Hispanic girl playing her because she's a Yeah, yeah. I haven't saw that. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be really good, but I mean, there's a lot of kind of sex in it and stuff like that, I think, which probably would be. But um, she's supposed to be amazing in it. I, I think, I think the Man of Monroe is quite hard to get a story on her because mm-hmm. some, she was like different thing to men than she was to women. Yeah, and I think she's that, definitely mentally unbalanced. I think towards she? the end, but I think that's to do with the Kennedys. Because I mean, let's, let's face it, she was obviously killed, but we don't really know. There's yeah, no, she I mean, suppose that will come out soon. She was right? killed, yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, the Diana Dawes thing where she's having... I don't quite know why she was keeping it a secret, or is that mentioned in it where she's getting older and she doesn't want her husband to know she's getting older? I think that's what it's kind of like. Yeah, definitely. Because she does say that both me and my husband have a very oh. exciting sex life. That she does, yeah, she does say that, yeah. So he's obviously incredibly jealous because that guy, t- you know, Vince Price of Red Eye, yeah. Yeah, but you don't really see Jack Hawkins doing something like that, do you? No, no, I mean, I think the only... I mean, he's played he some bad characters. I don't think we'd have killed her, though. Like, no, well, he's very loose. It's loose a very loose, but I think he's being very gentle with that. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, and, yeah. and fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. I don't suppose he'd want to do that, but I mean, you do, you do get killed by a pillow. But the fact that he killed her and there's no getting away from that. So really, he's so he's still alive. Yeah. So the Ian Hendry's because he doesn't kill himself. Really. No, 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 no. And at that point, we don't have anything like a death penalty. No, right? no, so, no. Mm. so uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that <laughs> what. <laughs> It's made me laugh so much. Vincent Price comes out and he goes, goes to the copper and he goes, he's murdering his wife up there. And the way the copper goes, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> that really made me laugh because I was there thinking, that's... Uh, you know what that reminded me of? Yeah. A little bit of like Sir Henry of Warden's an end. Oh, right, yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, the next person to die, the seven people who die in this, uh, the steaming hot hair dryer. Now that I actually found, but again, the yeah. copper's up there, sitting there, uh, really, having uh, a cup of tea, no, reading stuff. Jeff uh, Lynn's uh, down yeah. there. Being Police protection. Don't want it in the seventies in Britain. No. It was terrible. Oh uh, yeah, clearly. But no, but oh, they all scared me. You don't really see them in here. That, don't the women's enough. Uh, yeah, they like still they have do. them. Yeah, yeah, because they're. I think they're mainly used for. Uh, with all these people with curlers in. Is it kind of easy? I suppose it's just like a massive hair dryer. I suppose so, because like young girls don't that? have haircuts like that anymore. No, so I think it's because the fact you've got your hair in the curlers, so for it, you're going to need to be dried in the curlers. So when you pull them out, your hair then is naturally in that oh, kind of right. bouffant. Yeah, yeah. I think it's mainly older people who have that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. yeah, no, that's still kind of like, I mean, obviously it wouldn't kill you, but I suppose if you're no, going to get no, electrocuted, no. it's a very slow voltage thing. Isn't it? <laughs> it's the way it yeah. goes off, and the, guy's eat, the policeman's eating a biscuit and he's going, oh. <laughs> and the only reason I realised you could smell burning flesh yeah, um, this is your dish oh no this is the one which I thought you probably didn't like is the guy who gets fed his dogs this is the famous one now if you any fans out there will love this scene because it's so 
It's not gruesome. It's just disturbing. Again, this is a television show in a tele- in a film where a TV show yeah, yeah, yeah. can turn up. Oh, with this is like dish of the day. That no one's ever heard of before. No, like randomly. So it's, on, it's like Master Chef turned up the night, and they yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Oh, Master Chef. I love the way they do Lloyd Rose from stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turn up at your house to cook you a meal, and you're on TV, and because he's a famous critic, he doesn't think anything of it. No, no, no. And no. he's quite upset the fact that his dogs aren't about. And you know straight away, don't yeah, you? You know, know yeah. straight away. And clearly, that's chicken. Yeah, I thought it would have been beef, but it's chicken, clearly a chicken and a ham pie. That is. <laughs> it looks like a lovely pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, because he, he, that's like, like I said to you that well, I'll come with that at the end. Um, the whole thing as well, where he he finds out he's eating his dogs. Does now does he die? Or does he have a heart attack? No, they do. They 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 fill him full of the the food. They put a funnel down his mouth and then put him on the table, and then they actually push. The food like a fried guar in it. Is that fried guar? That's, they, that's how that. Yeah, they force feed. That's why it's back band, only band now. Yeah, no, no, it's not band. I think there's a. It's more. Would you eat it? I've eaten fried guar. Yeah. So yeah. That, that moral principle. I didn't know it was fried guar. No, oh no, you wouldn't know then. No, I wouldn't. No. It's sickening. I mean, it was quite nice. No, yeah, it might have been, but it's just <laughs> yeah. fucking horrible. Well, it's isn't just it? the expense of the liver. That's the thing you say. That's why it's liver liver pate. But I didn't quite know what it was. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. it's called fried guar, but I didn't know. What the process was, and as soon as I, I realised that they're force feeding the, the grain down, it was like, oh no, thank you. I, you know, I, and I do love pate. Yeah. It was like, no, no, I'd much rather have like mushroom pate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so he gets killed basically by gluttony. Gluttony. So like you're saying about the seven thing, really. Isn't That's it? the thing that came to mind after we, I watched all this. I thought this has been remade into seven, but instead of using Shakespearean deaths, they've used the it's seven deadly, deadly, deadly sins. sins. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, there's no. Life. You could definitely do it. This could be remade. Remade. Obviously, you'd have to do it less camp. But I think you could do a really gruesome version well, of it. But don't you think, no, that... With an internet critic or, you know, you know... Yeah, or a um, even better, like, Twitter critic. Like, a, yeah, that's it. That'd be better because, let's face it, the, the worst thing in society today are keyboard warriors. It is, yeah. They've yeah, all yeah. Got, always got something to say and if, if you disagree well, the with them... Well, the world we like, they're the worst for it, aren't they? They are the worst for it. Now, the final one, which, funny enough, again, uh, is Devlin, which is, of course, um, Ian's character... Uh, he still refuses to give the water, even though he's tied up. And you've got them two, you know, molten hot pieces of metal coming towards the eyes. And I was kind of, yeah, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. I was quite hoping yeah, he was yeah. going to get away with it. I thought, come on, get it. And then you two realise, actually, when you look at it, they're, they're not even on his eye level, are they? <laughs> Just for help and safety reasons. Even then, they're thinking, yeah, we can't let these go down. But he does get rescued and, and, and ultimately, like, Vincent Price... His daughter gets killed, yeah, and so he drags her up, which is in essence like, isn't it like a hunchback of Notre Dame? I think the end bit. But you've even forgot about the worst police bit earlier in it, which is like, let's put Eric Sykes. Oh, Eric Sykes. Let's put Eric Sykes. <laughs> I know. So let's put him in a boot. So he's in the boot of a car. <laughs> Listen, he's not even listening. He's got a little cheap aerial sticking out. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I am in the car. They do a cheeky swap. The car drives off, and he's still not goes. I think we stopped. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. we stopped next to a railway station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there's definitely a train coming. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, no, <laughs> the train's on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it's almost like you can hear. <laughs> but yeah, so he gets it. And anyway, uh, Lionheart with his his, his daughter. Yeah. They end up in that. Weird though. How's he getting the roof to the uh, no, 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 the no, centre no. of the theatre? No, no, the theatre no. burns down. And 
The blow that kills her would not kill her. No, no, <laughs> of course not. No, it's like a little bunk on her head, isn't it? Yeah. Then he gets really distraught. Oh. But that's his acting, isn't yeah, it? And yeah, then, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then because you're right, it is like Constable Notre Dame at the end, isn't it? With it his, is, with yeah, with yeah, everything going on and, and yeah, all yeah. that, and I suppose the same. Because you, you feel like I said, you don't. I don't really feel sorry for him. But like I said, it's like. It could have been done. <laughs> he could have done it a lot better than that because he's worse than them in the end. Yeah. But it's like in the city, he does get his revenge. It's redemption. Isn't he it? does That's get what his revenge. It's re- revenge and redemption. And like what he turns around and says, because you know, I I did the best Shakespearean plays. Yet you ignored me. But they they right saying yeah, but your old hat. Yeah, you're only it, doing Shakespeare. It's very much a lot. That thing, a lot of the time in all of culture, mm. it was moving from that sixties. To a lot more grittier one, where a lot of them sixties people were left left. Yeah. Do you night. think there's a bit of a dig there, like uh, about yeah. like Marlon Brando? Where he goes, you just give it to this young, good-looking, mumbling actor. It definitely, it was. Is. It, it, at that time as well, it's mumble, mumble, mumble. It was. Mumble. It was a realism when it where they were theatrical, weren't they? Yeah. And that seemed old-fashioned, and that's why they're the perfect. You can't imagine anyone else doing this rather than Vincent Price. I was thinking, could it put a cushion? No, because I don't think Peter Cushing was great I think at there was having a... it up. No. I don't think that was his strong point. He wasn't like... Christopher Lee could have done it. Christopher Lee could have done it. I think there was... I think I, did, I don't think I wrote it down here. There were several people who was asked to do it who turned it down. Um... Mainly because of the fact that it was a horror film. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So we have some facts and we also have some comments, which this time, Cal, I have remembered to print. Hey. Um, so here we go. Uh, considered by Vincent Price, I've said this, to be his pers- personally his favourite of all these films, followed closely by the abominable Dr. Fibes, which of course is a yeah. cracking film. Um, Theatre Blood was filmed entirely on location. Lionheart's hideout, the Burbage Theatre, was the Putney Hippodrome, which was built in 1906, but had been vacant and dilapidated for more than 10 years. It was used, before it was used in the film, it was also used in his previous film, Sitting Target, which we've, of course, already done. It was demolished in 1975 to make way for housing. Actually, when they did the fire, it got out of control. Did yeah, so they had to call the fire brigade in. Peregrine Delvin's Thames side apartment is in is the penthouse flat as Alembic House, now known as Peninsula Heights, on the Albert Embankment. At the time of filming, the property belonged to the actor and film producer Stanley Baker. Bloody hell! Bear in mind that means we'd also seen it in a previous one of his films that he did, which he used in Robbery. Ah, oh, okay. so it's a lovely flat. It is now the home of novelist and disgraced politician Geoffrey Archer. Is it all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I quite like Geoffrey Archer. Diana Rigg introduced Vincent Price to his future wife, Carol Brown, during oh. the making of this film. Brown recalled in a television documentary, uh, Caviar to the General, in 1990, that she had not wanted to make one of those scary Vincent Price movies, but she was persuaded to take the part of Chloe Moon by her friends, Robert Morley and Michael Horden. They acknowledged that the film thus had a very strong cast. Rig was unaware at that time that Price was already married. Bloody hell. Right, so comments. Uh, our good friend, Mark Bennett, from Vanguard Comics, down there in that there, uh, down south. Uh, watching Theatre of Blood in prep for this month's podcast. Always been a fave of mine. Just started and waiting for the revenge upon Robert Morley's character, yeah. which stuck in mind uh, as a kid. Stella Cast 2, 
Too numerous to mention, except of course a special place for Dino Rig and Madeline Smith. But you've got to remember as well why this man, what dogs did I grow up with? Oh, yes, you did, didn't you? Oh, yeah! I grew up with poodles. And remember, apart from, I, from, apart from uh, Jack. Jack. But I was all poodles. And like, I never saw anyone have poodles. No. Because I've got a poncy dog for where I live, which is weird. I don't know why my mum picked them dogs. <laughs> and it, like, it really, really upset me, Sicky, because I love my poodles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I remember when one of them passed away. It was, it was horrible, wasn't it? Well, it was one of them ones again where... Death Crow, weren't it? Death I've never crow. heard that, and that's the first um, I've ever heard I it. couldn't stop laughing because I, I, I'm always like that with death. Panic. It's, it's panic, do, but yeah. it's that kind of thing of, my mate's dogs just died. Yeah, and I... fucking laughing. Oh, yeah. Man, like, it's kept me in Kev, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Phil, our mate Phil Hayes, uh, who's also coming to the, uh, the Waffle Seth. Uh, I love Robert Morley. I'm currently, currently reading one of his hilarious memoirs. Check out the breakfast photo montage on the cover uh, come on our Facebook group and, and yeah, yeah, yeah Just Adams finally I have watched the film before it's recorded what a cast British Thesps Price at his most bonkers yeah. Rick is brilliant too the innovative deaths the over the top acting is genius Hendry Hawkins Morley Horden the genius of Arthur Lowe and Eric Sykes in a serious role loved it oh and I forgot the lovely Madeline Smith the same year as Live and Let Die, which yeah. of course she appeared in. Yeah. I'd say what would be good when they say, like, if like if people in the States or Australia or whatever, outside uh, the UK, that if this film had mean as much to you, because we grew up with a lot of these actors on TV all the while. Yes. Now, yes, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because I suppose it was. Was Arthur Lowe such a big thing in America? It probably wasn't, was no, it? No, I'm supposing that. Yeah, Dad's Army was a little bit popular, but not as massive as PBS and all that, I suppose. But I guess, I mean, Vincent Price was, was, was Vincent big. Price a massive draw in America at this time I, I don't think because he had to do that's why he had to come to Europe he loved London again I, I know I keep banging on about the interview at the end of this I think it's with Wogan it's a wonderful interview he just comes across as one of those guys you just wish was still alive again like we said Peter Cushing yeah, super Chris smart Ray. as well Vincent Price very oh, clever God, yeah. man very clever, very clever man. man I mean absolute genius it's, yeah, like I said it's a shame because he never had the career that he wanted but he had a good career he had a good career and he acted until he was in his fucking 80s and we're talking about him today yeah yeah you know, we probably, you know if you asked him he wanted to be a bit theatrical because I watched the thing on you know discovering on uh, discovering so have you seen the Vincent Price one I've not seen the it's Vincent good, Price one it's good but you realise how like, it, like before you got into horror films in the sort of the late 50s them early 50s he was in a lot of romantic dramas oh, like really? a leading man and it's really funny watching him mm. but his voice never was right with it and I don't think he helped he couldn't mm. help he can't help the way but he always no. had sort of a theatrical voice didn't yeah, he there's something slightly there's a warmth to his voice I think but it's also very sinister, isn't it? Because it's got that kind of long growl to it. Yeah, to be yeah. like, I suppose the reason why John Saunders always come across as a suspicious man, you know, like in as the Falcon or the yeah. Saint or as called Shere Khan. There's that kind of like, you know, yeah, I could. It's the same. It's like Bond, isn't it? I could make love to you, but I could kill you at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the kind of thing you probably wouldn't get them being fully wholesome. Mm. Is it? My, is it my turn to operate the randomizer of? Uh, yes, of it is. Can you turn it on, Cal? We got. My God, it's 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 oh, look, it's starting to look, look a bit... It's, uh, it's getting like AI now. It's going to start picking itself. <laughs> AI. Right then. Oh, where are we? Oh, I oh. think... Do I have one? Yeah. Have I, no. I got one there, have I? No, no, you've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. Okay, so... It is... Steptoe and Sunride again. Oh, hell. I forgot that was on there. I don't own that. It must be on, it must be on telly. Steptoe and Sunride again. I think that was on literally the other night it's as well. Uh, is that the one in the ground? That's good, actually, because we never talked... Did we do it? I don't think we... D- we have done Step 2 and Son, the TV series, 
but we didn't talk too much about the films. No, it's and I think we probably need some light-hearted British comedy. So this is my birthday month. That's September. Well, isn't it? Yeah. And I do like September. So I came now. I came close to buying the box set the other day. Does that have the films on it? This could be a good excuse for me so to buy the that, films. I mean, you could probably pick it up cheap now because yeah. it's sort of gone out of favour a bit now, hasn't you it? You know what I nearly bought in HMV in Solihull yesterday? What? <laughs> for £27. £27 English pounds. The full, complete six series of the Rockford Files. <laughs> Would you watch it? No. No. That's the reason why I didn't buy it. But 27 quid. That's good. But Next could have been watching Magnum P.I. as well. Close to buying that as well. Isn't it? It's not that, that well, no. it's not that, so, that well. I might buy this. That's no, going to be free on Thingy anyway. Yeah, they made two films. Two films. They did make two films, but let's wait until we talk about the podcast. Yeah, before right. we go. Cool. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap this wonderful August show up? No, I'm all spent. You're all spent, are you? Yeah. Good, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, listen to the blurb from Jen, who's going to tell you where you can get in touch. Remember, Waffle yeah. On Live, 23rd of September. Please do come along. And we'll see you next month. Bye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. I'm the biggest anglophile in the whole world. I really love it. I just love it. Yes, of course, but I must tell you, Vincent. And I can still afford it. I... <laughs> well, there's very few of us. You're so right. Good to have you here. You're the first American tourist this year. You I know, know I am. am. For goodness sake, spend money, will you? I was booked on the QE2, but I didn't take it. Yes. <laughs> to take a later cruise. Yes. <laughs> Find any changes over the years here? Oh, yes. I was here as a student about 45 years ago, and it was very cheap then. You know, it really was wonderful. And, and it was very exciting, London, really is. The theatre here is so marvellous. And now it's so expensive, nobody can go to it, too. You know? Yeah, it, is. Really it makes it very difficult, yeah. doesn't it? But, well, you see, uh, to be honest, Vincent, I get a bit fed up with um, American, not, not men of your great stature, no, but the please. odd American yes. two-bit entertainer. Yes, there are a lot of odd Americans. Two-bit entertainer like Sammy Davis Jr. comes over... <laughs> And I, to be honest, he drives me a bit cr- gaga yeah. by saying things yeah. like, here we are, I'm back in London, my second home, it's wonderful to yeah. be here, I love London, all yeah. that kind of thing, and I don't believe him. But you got to remember, he, he kissed Nixon. Uh, <laughs> that's what happened to him. You never kissed Nixon? Never. You kissed George Washington, didn't you? He slept here, but I didn't <laughs> I would have if I'd been around. It was Jefferson was the one I used to go with. You're doing a new film with two old mates of yours, aren't you? Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Yes, it's wonderful. I really can't wait to get together with them again. It would be (laughs) such fun. You know, one time, it's a very funny thing. I don't know whether you believe in astronomy or not. Do you and all those Geminis and things like that? Certainly, certainly. Well, you know, Christopher Lee and I were born the same day. He claims 10 years later, but that's a lie. And uh, (laughs) Peter Cushing was born the day before, 26th of May, and and Christopher and I was at 27th of May. Well, one time, I was here doing a film 
film with both of them, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to have a party. So I looked around for a place, and I found a marvelous place was the Chamber of Horrors in Madame Tussauds. <laughs> and we had a birthday party there. It was wonderful fun. You couldn't tell who were the actors. <laughs> I took around, there was Christopher standing there. You but know? you've got a waxwork of yourself in, in Hollywood, haven't yes, you? Yes, I do. I do indeed. I'm one of the, I'm one of the uh, figures in a waxwork. That's very alarming. Wait till you are. It won't be long now, but wait till you are. I am. I am in one, in, not in the Chamber of Hollywood. No, the one in Blackpool. I remember you in that one. Yes. There. Yes. It's very alarming. You know, I, and also, <laughs> the, at, the, at the Buena Park Waxworks, I'm one of the figures, and then they have a thing now that they've just opened up called the Black Box. And you walk into it, and all the kids are invited in, and then this sepulchral tone comes out <laughs> of a coffin, and it's me. It's me, can you believe it? <laughs> Lying there in that coffin, happy as a clam. <laughs> They paid me a lot of money. <laughs> Didn't you substitute for a waxwork and front yes. and daylight? Sir. One time they decided to do a gag and they took my wax figure out and put me on a thing and brought me in. And I was standing there with a syringe in the house of wax. And as the crowd came around, I moved around like this and squirted water <laughs> in the face of the <laughs> She thought she'd wet her pants. It wasn't what I love about you, Vincent, is that you're prepared to do everything. I'll do anything. You're sort of, you're a sort of American Beryl Reed, really. I'm taller than Beryl. But you know, you're known in the States, apart from, from the sheer horror of yeah. you, you're known for the, um, the artistic side of oh, things. Oh, I'm you're terribly a bit of a, cultured. Well, a, tremendously a bit of a Renaissance man, oh, really. Oh, definitely. All round. Born again every morning. Yes. And you wonder about the nights, let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, I studied art here at the Courtauld Institute in London, and I've sort of kept it up all my life, and I love it. Every time I get a chance, I go to the British Museum, I see if you've stolen any new things from other countries, and then I go to the Victorian Albert Museum, and I look to see whether Victorian Albert is still there, and they are. <laughs> and uh, I have a wonderful time going around London. I know London very, very well, I really do. You used to buy art for people. Did you act as an art advisor? Yes, did, I bought 55,000 works of art in about three years, all over the world. It was wonderful. It was like being a second-hand millionaire, yeah. spending somebody else's money. <laughs> but three million dollars. Now, you're also on the stage. You do a tour of Oscar Wilde. Yes. Bon mots. Is it, is it uh, little bits of, like, Ballad of Reading, Jail, and all yeah. this? Do you do the tragedy as well as the humor, or yes. is it just the... Yes. I, I think it's lines. probably the most, uh, the most successful thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I've traveled all over the world with it, in about 240 cities. I've played it about 800 times, all over the world. It's wonderful. But it, it really is a setup. It's something that I've always thought of. When Wilde was exiled in Paris, at the end of his life, he was broke, and so he gave a benefit for himself. I'm giving one next week for myself if you would like to come and bring money. And um, this thing is, 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 is just getting up and entertaining the audience. And he has wonderful things to say about America. You know, when he was a very young man, he toured America as a lecturer. Uh, they took him to Niagara Falls and they told him that all the brides came to Niagara Falls. And he looked at it for a minute and he said, it must be the second greatest disappointment in American married life. <laughs> get it? No. 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 no, none of no. us get that. No. No. This is a very clean-limbed audience, Vincent. I none of you have racist one stuff. Limb. Said that pretty girl. Oh, isn't she beautiful? She could read news to me any night. She doesn't like that kind of talk, Vincent, no, I know. please. Why didn't you find out more about her? She wouldn't tell me, Vincent. You didn't ask. 
She wouldn't tell well, me. Well, I met her backstage and I asked her several things and she told me right off. Mind your own business, is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> now look. Yes. Give us, give us a reading from some, from Oscar Well, Wilde. Oscar Wilde. What's your favorite bit? I think my favorite bit is he comes out and he says, uh, with your kind permission, I should like to read you a poem. Well, that is to say, it is a poem committed to memory. And the reason it is committed to memory is due to the fact that I wrote it. <laughs> yes, I have all of my poems committed to memory, with the exception of La Bella Donna della Mia Menti, which is uncommittable. I have chosen The Harlot's House, a title I trust will not disappoint you. The Harlot's House. We caught the tread of dancing feet. We loitered down the moonlit street and stopped beneath The Harlot's House. Inside, above the din in fray, we heard the loud musicians play the Troyes Liebesherz of Strauss. Like strange mechanical grotesques making fantastic arabesques, the shadows raced across the blind. We watched the ghostly dancers spin the sound of horn and violin, like black leaves wheeling in the wind. Like wire-pulled automatons, slim-silhouetted skeletons went sidling through the slow quadrille, then took each other by the hand and danced a stately saraband. Their laughter echoed thin and shrill. Sometimes a clockwork puppet pressed a phantom lover to her breast. Sometimes they seemed to try and sing. Sometimes a horrible marionette came out and smoked its cigarette upon the steps like a live thing. Then turning to my love, I said, the dead are dancing with the dead. The dust is whirling with the dust. But she, she heard the violin and left my side and entered in. Love passed into the house of lust. Then suddenly the tune went false. The dancers wearied of the waltz. The shadows ceased to wheel and whirl. And down the long and empty street, the dawn with silver sandaled feet mm. crept like a frightened child. Pretty good Beautiful, stuff. yes. Wonderful. You know, the you greatest know, last line in the history of the world was Wilde when he was dying in a terrible cheap hotel in Paris. He looked at the wallpaper, which was terrible, and he said, one of us has got to go. <laughs> and he went. <laughs> You've retained the marvelous sense of humor and all the urbanity that I remember of you a couple of years ago. Vincent Price. Bless you. Thank you.